0: This is a celebrity in the food world. It has that character arc. Humble, small origins. Leaves home and has to adapt its name to fit in. It's initially scorned and seen as evil. And then somewhere, in what looks like a Mediterranean, sun-baked summer, its tiring hard work pays off. It starts to make a name for itself as an integral part of society and returns home and finds that so many things have changed and the people who live there now are also afraid. The battle is fought in the highest court of the land where the United States Supreme Court says that this fruit, while they recognize the biology that it was born with, they instead classify it based on its principal use. The irony. And then again it rises and overcomes that adversity to fame. Today's episode, to paraphrase Ira Gershwin. You like tomatoes and I like tomato. I'm Ryan. And I'm Brian. And we're hungry and ready to eat. All right, listeners, well, welcome back. We are in the middle, I think, of one of the best times of the year, Ryan. Tomato season. Summer is summer a in bonus. general, summer in general, yes, right? But yes. yes, tomato season. Tomato season, it's hot, these fruits classified as vegetables are abundant everywhere. Um and I think it's it's for me, I think it's like one of those times of the year where it feels like it's a large time of window, but it really isn't that large because there's only so many farmer's markets you go to. And then after that, they're all gone it's and terrible
1: over in a second. Right. Yeah. You're like, wait, what? Like they, they don't have anything left. I have to go back to the regular grocery store and buy them at, like, oh, know, you know, so vine ripened tomato, um, which actually is
0: completely fine. It um, is. It is. But I think it's also one of those windows where, like, you know, it's coming. And then it happens and then you you think, oh, I can go next week and I can get more. And then they're just they're all gone. Well, I'm glad we're talking about it then, because we will highlight them
1: and then everyone else will go out and buy them and enjoy them. And, and um, you know, it could be a, a memory forever, forever, indeed, forever.
0: This is also our first new world food item. Tell me more about that. Like everything up to this point that we have consumed probably has been like it originated in Rome or they've been eating it here for like thousands of years. And all of those places have been like continental Europe, Africa to Asia. Um, Tomatoes are not part of the old world. The old world being the European centric before Columbus uh, discovered America's world. They are part of. The new world they were actually a fruit that kind of grew in an area that is like the andes um and i think still in that area there are some wild tomatoes that still exist wow wild tomatoes can you believe that it's like there's some on the Galapagos islands which really proves that they were there well before because that whole like isolated you know area where you're like there's tomatoes here but but there are tomatoes there
1: but you could be like okay so you go through um grassy areas forested areas and you see wild berries yeah but in some in 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 you're saying in the andes um you'd be walking through and there's like a random tomato on, on like a vine yeah. somewhere
0: now I think because they're in the southern hemisphere that would put the tomato season down there like what uh November December
1: maybe so they you have a, a little bit later of a season
0: yeah I mean they're they're completely off but they were domesticated um, by the the Nahuatl-speaking Aztec people in like Mesoamerica, and then when the Europeans arrived, um, you know, in post 1492, the Spanish, I think, were very enthralled by them, and then ended up bringing them back. And I think the original ones that came back to Europe were more the yellow ones, uh, which is probably part of the apocryphal history of the. The names that this has, the, the, um, in Nahuatl it was like tomato, which is how we get tomato, probably phonetically written down by somebody, probably a priest or a merchant describing what they have on their boat. But what did that
1: mean? What did that word mean?
0: I think it's like fruit or something of the navel.
1: Of the navel?
0: Yeah. Interesting. Oh, I could look it up, but, um, any of any, anyone who like speaks that language still probably... Could dig into it more. But I think when it arrived, it got these names like um golden apple. Oh. Like Pomme de Uh or I think it also got names based on the fact that it was the Spaniards, the Spanish who had it who were mostly Moors, and so it was like apple of the Moors. There's this weird thing. Like potatoes are like apples of the earth in French. So we know they had apples, they just couldn't classify anything else. Uh, With it, but in Latin it got like a very terrible name for marketing, Um, the the Solanum lycopersicum, which basically is like wolf peach, not the best for naming like a new fruit, but probably great for a rock band.
1: Is that like does that like negative connotation, or you just feel like it's not what you want to hear?
0: I I think it filled in like the mind's head a lot of the other stuff that was associated with, like, moles and things that weren't necessarily the greatest. Um, And because it was, I think, because of, like, the way science operated at the time, classifying new animals or new vegetable life went a lot of by comparing what you saw to what you knew already. So, at this time, tomatoes... So, tomatoes are related to potatoes very closely eggplants but also further back they're related to you know tobacco they're related to like nightshades and a lot of these plants have like same features they produce like a berry that looks very similar mm. to tomato berry they have leaves very similar they have like roots and stuff so if you were looking at this plant and let's say you were at customs and you're like this looks like a sus and such in your head you're mentally associating everything that those plants had and they knew what like nightshade was like they'd use that or hensbane they'd use that basically to to operate as like a poison to like kill off things or, or people what have you and they knew it was dangerous to consume
1: it's just crazy because i mean putting potatoes and tomatoes in like the same like vein you just wouldn't normally think people would yeah would see that right because they like you're like okay um tomatoes and you know maybe eggplant okay I could see that a lot more than tomatoes and potatoes.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I I think it's the irony of just like, if you look at it on a kind of a chemical level, there's a lot of common things that are present in potatoes and tomatoes that show that it's very common and, and related. But if you were just looking at the plants, you may not, if you thought about it, the fact that potatoes are also not part of the old world, you might just think like everything from the newer world was just out to kill you, which it probably was. I mean, I'm
1: tobacco. I'm very glad to be yeah. in this timeline. Like I I like the years of our life at the moment.
0: Yes, I know. I do, too. Um, but the Europeans, because of this, were not the most inviting um, to bringing this in. Um, it wasn't like the most like quickly assimilated item that that came around I think tobacco probably was just you know, who who could guess a, a, a good reason yeah, yeah. Why. Um, but there are parts of of Europe that did kind of I think adopt it really quickly if I told you or I asked you what culture do you think most strongly is associated with the tomato what do you, what would you say I would say the Italian culture yeah I I I would as well Um, tomato sauce pasta a la pomodoro exactly exactly and I think if you think about it um, if you think about it like a lot of the food items that we are familiar with did pass through that peninsula peninsulas historically have done very well in like the world as having a multitude of environments a large amount of diverse produce to consume and great weather seasons. Those peninsulas do really well on like adopting and growing food. They also happen to have like a lot of really flavorful food present in them. Um, So tomatoes like have within them a very high level of something that we later on kind of associate with like flavor, the glutamic acid, which a lot of the other stuff that, they had already in that area was also very high. So if you think about them just adopting, being like foodies Mm -hmm. and they got this new thing and they're like, this is a new taste and this tastes amazing. Who cares if like, it looks like a poisonous plant. Um, They're, they're like the original kind of like, Oh, let's get this. Let's go. Let's onboard this. So they, uh, they adopted it. They
1: they saw it and whatever. Everyone else thought uh, poison, not that great. Yeah. They were like, you know what? This fits
0: with the rest of what we already have. Yeah. But I think they did it because it's so flavorful. Like the potato is not as it's not super big in Italy, as far as I can tell. Uh, yeah, not that I know but, of. But like they yeah. they showed up at the same time, but the tomato they're like, okay, we we got this. It could also very much just be like the climate in Italy was best fit to grow tomatoes? Sure. Compared to the rest of Europe, I mean, you have that whole dairy belt and like the dividing line between like dairy and olive oil hits like Italy where like only a small fraction of it uses butter versus olive oil. And everything else is like, we have olives and we're using olive to make olive oil and we're using our olive oil in our cooking and we have access, you know, to fresh seafood. And
1: I mean, fate, it all came together and for the betterment of, of all of us, because I like tomato sauce. I like it in my Italian food. Um, I like it in my pizza, I like it in all different other aspects and I am thankful for what happened.
0: Yeah, and I think what's really interesting, so uh in Italy they are you, you hear a lot of like regionally um I don't know, what's the word for it? Uh like the recipes have a particular region that they're from and like they've authenticated what the recipe is. Italy does that for a lot, like, oh this is stamped from this area, this is it's kind of like how champagne has to be from that one region. They, they do something. Yeah. Like, Prosciutto
1: di Parma. Yeah, it's like D.O.P. or something. Parma. Parmesan is exactly. from, like, yeah. Exactly. It
0: has to be because they have a tradition. They they do a very good job of, like, intrinsic locality of, like, technique. And then just, like, saying this is kind of how it is. Uh, and I think in that area of the world, tomatoes just thrived within climate and just, like, grew crazy. And but I think that's also where they started getting more of the red tomatoes the the lycopene which is what makes it red kind of came out there's a whole like thing that it's like health benefits but i think like you stop seeing like the golden ones which may have been more what associated and then from that 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 red tomato sauce just gets like you know culturally burned into your head
1: and they have that those tomatoes that are from that specific region san marzano right Right. and they are like you you I think that you can only label your yeah, yeah. it's your, like
0: San Marzano
1: DOP right like yeah. if it's from there it's also probably really expensive because they are
0: literally importing them over um, I don't know but I had heard that somebody like Stanley Tucci had tried to do the math hmm because the area is so small
1: oh like the
0: output yeah the is area is so small and like the available volume is it's way too so high. large and yeah. it's like how it's like San Marzano, like small, t- small print, yeah. like. But it's they're delicious. Um, but tomatoes, I think, form wise, we see. Oh, I hate to say it, but I think like. In our head, we have it emblazoned that it looks like one really specific cartoon drawing way, which is kind of like, the beefsteak kind of right. like large, like large for your hand, you know, tomato with that little kind of green stem on the top, and like you slice it across, and it's got that beautiful cross section. Uh, not all tomatoes look like that, Brian. Not all tomatoes look <laughs> like you get like cherry tomatoes. Those are the really small ones. Um like Romas have this like oblong, long shape. Right, 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 right. Um some of them are like uh like a fire engine red and some of them are like a deep almost black purple. All of them start off green. Some of them do like that teardrop shape. Some of them stay green. Some, some of them stay green. are actually That's true? green. Actually yeah. green, yeah. Yeah. Uh a lot of them like They all have like a high amount of water and like a really thin skin, uh, but they also have different degrees of the amount of flesh and firmness and I want to say like shelf life, even on the vine. Some of them are like will split on the vine. Yeah, right.
1: Some of them, when you cut them open, like you just like just like water flows out of it. Yeah. You know, you cut
0: it and it just it starts weeping. Like a lot, and you're like, uh, uh, what the heck? Is Do I this? want this? Some have yeah. lots of seeds, some don't have as many. Yeah, um, and they're all tomatoes, and some of them have like really, um, like, uh, firm, like super firm, like center flesh. Yeah, and some of them, like you're like, there's like almost no center flesh to this. Like, like what is this? Well, they
1: have these also. These tomatoes
0: that are, um, they're like dark, 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 dark purple, almost
1: blackish, mm-hmm. which makes me think of like eggplant. Yeah, and it being part of like the nightshade family, i like, oh man, if if I saw this out there, I I right. might be I, like, I, I, I don't, don't think like, I want to eat you this because this? You know? like
0: that's what nightshade looks like. Um, but I think I like I mentally classify them into two, like slicing, where like I'm gonna eat it raw, or I'm never gonna see what this tomato looks like. I'm gonna because I'm gonna make sauce with it. I'm gonna cook it down and it's gonna just fall apart. So you see tomatoes at the grocery store,
1: and when you look at it, you're like. I'm going to slice this or like cut this up and the
0: one you like you know you don't that's it's, it's none yeah. of that yeah so for me it's form and function uh, uh. of like is this a change am I going uh, to make a sauce with this uh, I'm not going to do that TikTok trend uh, I'm going to put that in a salad don't you know where they roasted it in a pan with like a block of feta oh you know I tried that it's actually pretty good yeah <laughs> I'm like I'm not gonna I'm not going to do that um, but if I have like some other tomato where I'm like oh like what we did where we like Blanched, I don't know, a Was bin full like of them. F- at least peel the pounds, skin off and then pounds. put it in a, in jars, and then like you oh, you know, I'm gonna pray this, and then I'm gonna cook it down. Like, will I do that ever again? Possibly. Do I have to do it every season? No. Do I appreciate the people who do that every season because they're like I'm capturing this? Yes, hundred percent. Yeah. I just. I mean my goal in life is to make enough money where
1: I could just buy it from someone who did it so you know.
0: Yeah, I mean like I'd want to know a family who does that and then make really good friends with them because there's no way they're doing like two jars. Well, Cuz we did four jars. Each one of us got two and I remember very Just did four
1: jars, didn't we? Four and a half,
0: five. I don't know. It was it wasn't a lot. It was it all cooked down to not a lot. I mean, oh, no, no, the no, jars yeah. are big. The jars are big. No, no, We had whole tomatoes that then cooked down to four jars, but it started off with many many large jars yeah but the stupid thing was that i remember opening up one of
1: the jars possibly like a week later which meant that after all that work saving tomato sauce like having on your shelf i had it for like a month yeah and then i was i was like okay if you if you use tomatoes a lot like i'm sure italian families when they do this that it's part of the integral part of their diet and what they cook with they can't just do two jars they're doing like Forty jars of this or something. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: and then, so you have like sauce, like just like you you've peeled, skint and and deseeded it, and then like kind of just processed it, like lightly cooking, and then through a a mill to separate it, kind of stuff. You have like a sauce, but you can also cook that down, or dehydrate it, or however you're gonna do it. And, and basically, you're removing the water content, and you just get tomato paste. Right. Highly concentrated tomato yeah. flavor. Uh, but, you know, like Italian food, I think, uses a lot of it. Like you'll see it in marinara sauce, which is basically, you know, mariner's like a sea, a, a sea worker's kind of like sauce. You see it in like ragu. You see it in a lot of like uh, Sunday sauce or supper, kind of like where it's like it's the basis, the foundation, you know, and it's like minimal stuff. Like, I think the original pizza is the, the the margarita pizza. Like, it's actual, like, if, if it's in season, it's just the tomato on the the dough first before you would add, like, the mozzarella or the basil. Like, you don't have to, like, cook it down because that is, like, the flavor you want on the... If you have to and you have jars, you you want that, but... And then here in America, we got, like, tomato soup. I like tomato soup. You, do you know, like, it was Campbell's first soup? Not chicken noodle. No, you know how old you would have if you were, if they started selling soup when you were born. Okay. They would not have released chicken noodle until this year of your life. No, next year of your life. Really? Yeah. Thirty-seven years from beginning, before they released a second type of soup, which was chicken noodle. Wait, I'm not that old, Brian. Yeah. Well, 1897 tomato. 1934 is when chicken noodle came out. I can't do the math right now, but it's a lot of years. Yeah,
1: 37 years. Okay, so uh, people loved tomato soup for a while.
0: It kept us uh, company afloat. Yeah, it was the second canned vegetable. The first was corn, but like it got quickly picked up. And I think because of the canned canning technology of the vegetables and stuff that people did not like the tomatoes because the canning wasn't done well. They, like, pick up, like, metal flavors? I think they did that. I also think they probably didn't use, like, the best tomato when they when it went into the can. Sure. So, like, you're not starting from a good spot, and it's not going to a better spot. It only got worse. Yeah. So, I think a lot of people... And then the, the, the most... The, probably the second most famous American condiment would be ketchup. 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 K- I don't know how to say it. No, no. I mean... You do because it's like probably like Vietnamese Chinese, South Southeast Chinese. Ketchup chop is like something sauce.
1: Don't try to do this. Like with me. Fa que, You're like this you're tomato. You're like momming me right now no, and no, no. how to say stuff in Chinese <laughs> and I'm like, don't do this. No, to I just me. want you to hear it. Like fa No, Fa no, I, I, like I see tomato. What you're saying. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Eggplant chop is sauce. We'll do a whole episode oh, on it, but Oh I see now what you're but saying. But it was basically that and then it evolved over time. To then include tomatoes and then tomatoes basically pushed everything out. That's why you see it like listed as like tomato ketchup, which you think might be super redundant to say because it wasn't originally all ketchups with that. Well Yeah, I know. Whole episode. We'll do a whole episode. Right? Yeah,
1: I I think that um there's so much history behind
0: ketchup that uh it won't fit inside just the tomato episode. Yeah. But back back to the fruit, how do you Buy it since we're since we're in the middle of tomato season. We're at like peak buying time Assuming you're not in the peak time. You're gonna buy it in a jar or a can but now that we're in it Like what are you looking for when you go to the farmers market? I look for
1: heirlooms, I look for varietals Um, I Look for lots of different colors um honestly price point is big because uh organic tomatoes are pretty freaking expensive sometimes (laughs) like my gosh i've seen tomatoes at like i want to say 5.99 a pound which is pretty darn expensive because we've talked about how inexpensive meat can be at like stores yeah so if i'm paying two three times the price of meat for a tomato i'm like gosh that's it's pretty tough. Um,
0: but, and by weight, they're not like tomatoes by volume aren't like light. Right. They're pretty. I mean, they're mostly water, so it's pretty like solid weight.
1: <laughs> right. Oh, but if I'm buying heirlooms at the farmer's market, um, it depends, depends on the usage. So if I'm making a sandwich out of those heirloom function over flavor, maybe slightly. Uh, well, no, because there, I mean, I know those tomatoes are all going to taste really great because it's, they're in season right
0: oh i guess are you buying all of them to eat raw because they're in season versus you're going to cook them down yes okay, okay. I'm, I'm using them raw yeah.
1: um and if i'm making a tomato or blt
0: something mm-hmm, like that mm-hmm. i'm not going to buy small tomatoes i'm going to buy the you need something large so you have like one slice that covers all of the toast it's right? the greatest thing because when you have more than one slice that doesn't cover you can have multiple slices but when it they're too small. It, like, falls. It's uneven. And it's weird. Yeah, it's,
1: yeah. But I mean, they have heirloom tomatoes that are, like, I'm going to say uh, it has, like, a five-inch circumference. Yeah, they're almost the size of are they're, they're gigantic. Or, or, or they're squat, and
0: they're, like, red
1: pumpkins. Almost. Right. But if yeah. they're going to be those, the large ones, they tend to crack sometimes, too, based off of, like just how they've grown, yeah. how much water they, they have in them, and how much they've been watered. So I'm looking for tomatoes that have no cracks in them. Okay. Um, I'm looking for them to be unblemished if okay. I possibly can. So anything that you would normally do for fruit. Um, and yeah, vibrancy. Vibrancy is, is always a thing. So if they're gonna be do yellow, you have I like a smell test? Uh, honestly, I don't, because I feel like I'm like that, I don't want to be that odd person at like the um, the farmer's market. I usually try to do my business and kind of get through it as fast as possible. Because I'm like, oh, don't be that weird dude. Don't be that like, guy. He smelled all the tomatoes. He put
0: that to his nose. Like, no, I'm okay. I, th- I think what it is is like some people say you can smell that fresh tomato off the vine smell. And then if it isn't fresh, you start smelling that not fresh smell. And they want to just grab the fresh ones because they're like, it has a little bit more shelf life. But if you're going to buy it and you know that, I'd say kind of... No, you're going to eat that today, not two days from now. Well, maybe, you know,
1: if it's because we're in California and we have so many farms around here. I just expect everything that we get at the farmer's markets to Pick be that morning, like really recent. Right. I like, want to still see the dirt on it. I maybe want the, the dirt day to be before. Moist. Yeah, that's gross. But, <laughs> but that's OK. So you asked, what is it like picking tomatoes? Like, what do you look for when you're at the farmer's market? It's a completely different thing if you're buying them at the grocery
0: stores. It is right? like At the grocery store. It, I'll say it's similar. You're, you're looking for something that doesn't have a blemish. Right. No cracks. Cause it's, it's not some, okay. I, I look for stuff that do not have unnatural cracks. And I say that because I know like the bottom of a tomato will sure. sometimes crack. Sure. And I'm okay with that. What I'm trying to avoid is like the like protective sealant of the tomato for the most part has not been punctured. And something has gone into it and like the inside has gone bad. Yeah, there's like rotting maggots Which you can't somewhere. quite see maybe. Um, so I'm looking for that whether I'm buying in the grocery store or at the farmer's market. If it is at the farmer's market though and there's like what looks like the skin has naturally split. It hasn't been punctured but the skin is just like cracked from someone picking it up or you picked it up and you saw the skin split. Do you want that more? I almost want that more because I'm like, I don't have to put this down. I caused that split. I'm okay with that um i just have to get to like a good piece of bread and some salt in the next 20 minutes and i'll be fine that's the
1: thing fresh tomatoes are so fresh so ripe so ready to eat um that i've i mean this is my gripe with it you take it home uh you leave it in the bag with like four of the tomatoes you put it on your counter and you leave it for half a day, you come back and it's so, already like starting to mold yeah. because it cracked and the juices yeah. have already started collecting and because they're not washed yet, the bacteria from the tomato that hasn't been washed yet now is like yeah. inoculated the internal part. and the, the tomato is now the medium and now stuff is growing on it. I'm like, these are so fresh that is happening extremely fast and you're in warmer months. So yeah. you're most likely you're Um, your dwelling place where your abode is going to be slightly warmer as well. So Mm -hmm. things grow faster too. Uh, You have to be on your game when you are handling fresh tomatoes. Or
0: just understand if you're buying them, the idea is whatever, if you were lucky enough to find them in the market and they look good, you've now changed your next meal plan or your second to next meal plan to now include that so that you maximize this because you could buy it and then The next day, think you're going to eat it and it not be good. Um, Do you ever buy green tomatoes?
1: I've tried looking for green tomatoes at grocery stores, and the most I've
0: found were tomatillos, (laughs) which I think looks similar, but not not the same. The same. Um, Do you buy green tomatoes? There was a time when I think after having seen that movie and seen them eat them, wait, which, which movie? Fried green tomatoes. Oh, got it. Just making sure. Uh, I really wanted to try it, and then I could never find them in a store, and it just, it, it, just made my head hurt until I went to like a farmer's market, and then I saw it, and then I was like, oh, I have to figure out how to make this. Well, to clarify, there are <laughs> there are two
1: types of green tomatoes, right? There's green tomatoes like we talked about earlier were. They are literally green, and when they mature, they will stay green, yes. like green zebras. An heirloom correct. varietal, correct? Um, are green, but the other green tomatoes, which you cook with, at known very commonly um, in the dish for fried green tomatoes. Those are under ripe tomatoes. Yeah, they're correct. very firm.
0: They'll they'll withstand the uh, the the process. And the whole idea, I think, is just to kind of like maximize the eating window versus the I have moldy soup in the bowl window.
1: But like 99% of people in grocery stores, that's probably even higher percentage of that, are looking for fully ripe tomatoes. Yeah. And so most grocery store carriers are not going to have green tomatoes because it's not what customers want. So how do you find green tomatoes, Brian?
0: I don't know. You had never found... You never no, were able I, to... Never. I never found like the firm ones for that. I think you would almost have to go to like a farmer's market and like have the relationship with the vendor so they know can you pick me some can you pick some and i'll i'll prepay it or i'll buy it next week or something because for them it's like well if we pick it and before it ripens then it does it amounts to money loss if someone doesn't buy it so we generally don't do it um or you go to an area where they consume that and the supplier knows we have an audience here that wants that so we have to provide it if not a large amount at least some amount uh that's that's fair and i
1: i I, like you had wanted to make fried green tomatoes multiple times and gone to the grocery stores been to multiple grocery stores and be like hey do you guys carry green tomatoes here and they're like what are you talking about
0: so you you touched on it briefly but what are once you've bought these what are you what are you generally making with them what are the What are the basics of, like, having that fresh? Because I feel like when you have a really fresh tomato, you don't... Maybe you don't do a lot, but you can do a lot with it. But you don't want to... You want to, like, maximize that flavor it has. Okay, so... You
1: mentioned how you see tomatoes in two categories. Um, Either you slice them or you cook with them, right? And I think when I go to grocery stores and either... Even if they're in season... Um, but normally when they're not in season, those tomatoes can be either, or I'm going to cook with them or I'm going to slice them up, eat them raw. But when it's tomato season, as in right now, and I go to the farmer's market to buy them, I almost always eat them just as they are. Slice them in half, um, cut them into quarters, you know, make a couple things out of them, but they're going to be eaten almost 95% of the time raw. Um and I mean I've literally gone with my housemate to the farmers market bought 10 different varieties of tomatoes because they have a stand that does like all the different ones and then took pictures of all the names of the tomatoes went home cut them up into the quarters and did a tomato tasting Oh, nice. Just for the fun of it. Because I was like, oh, how are these Did you put anything on them? Or did you put it on anything as the vehicle to eat it? Completely plain.
0: Wow. Just as they were.
1: No salt. And I will admit, after the seventh tomato started eating a bit of, like, taste fatigue and that I couldn't tell as much of a difference. But it was such an interesting thing to do. And you can't do that with, like, stuff at grocery stores, right? That's not a thing. They don't even have that many fritos in the first place. I think they have maybe three... Romas, Romas, beef steak, beef steak, vine
0: ripe, grape, cherry, five. Yeah, maybe. You, you, I, I don't think I've seen all five at the same time in a store. I mean, there's always the Romas for whatever reason, wherever they're sourcing those things, they they are always present, and they are like rocks. Uh,
1: Unless they're the season of tomatoes, and sometimes they actually do have, have good Romas, you know.
0: Yeah, but I think generally at that point you also have like really really good like other tomatoes. Other yeah. <laughs> yeah. So
1: wait, what are so wait, what are you doing? Are you do you have the same philosophy as me?
0: No, I. uh So there's a few years ago when I was part of a CSA, and the tomatoes we would get, there'd be like a variety in the box, and I'd bring it home. You know, you wash everything. The tomatoes never made it into the fridge. One, don't even put your tomatoes in the fridge to start with, but. The whole idea of like every other vegetable making it into the fridge so that it lasts because of the temperatures lower did not even happen. They just got eaten as is. Wow. That's just, just eaten. Um, And I'll eat a tomato like it's like an apple, like any other fruit. Do you peel it? <laughs> no. Okay. Um, I will occasionally make like a sauce with them. Um, You know, and you putting in that fresh tomato and then. Like, you want, like, the water content to be lower, but you still want, like, a really high amount of that fresh tomato flavor. Uh, So, sometimes I'll do that. I generally, you know, generally it's, like, raw. So, it's, like, going into, if it's not eating directly, a salad, a sandwich. Uh, Sometimes it goes into, like, because it's the summer, I'll put it in, like, a cold noodle soup you know like
1: a gazpacho
0: no like uh the korean uh the um oh uh naengmyeon Mm -hmm. like i'll put it in that because it already has that like super cold savory uh broth broth. yeah and i I feel like adding it in and you know and, and i like the fact that it stays where it's put instead of it dissolving so i can like eat my way through it and then like when I want the tomato it's still there, and the tomato stays cold
1: sweet acidic and also like savory in its own right so yeah. it like um, builds on the other flavor that is already there So it's they... that
0: it's that glutamic acid yeah. it's that flavor bomb yeah um, that there sounds was, really good there was one really weird thing I had heard um, I cannot remember the guy's name uh, but he did like a lot of like the kind of cooking engineering like the gastronomic kind of like technique stuff where he would he blended the tomato mm-hmm. and then he put it through a coffee filter to remove the red flesh, but let the liquid come through, which had all the, the flavor basically. Oh, I feel like I know I've seen this before. And then using that to dress like a cold, like salad. So Wiley? No, oh, maybe, but I think it was like a crab salad. And Ooh, I was like, sounds good. I was like, it sounds oh. delicious. I tried running a tomato through the filter and it, like, it. I don't know how they did it because that thing dripped so slowly. Like I could not make it for that dinner. I was like, okay, I yeah, just. Well, you need. What you here. honestly yeah. really need is you need a. You need a centrifuge. Yeah. Well, that just for fresh tomatoes. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think a lot of them, though, like if you look at a lot of the the, um, the Italian recipes, Marcella Hazan, like classic book, has a lot of it where it's just like a pizza sauce is oil, like olive oil, and tomato.
1: Like, just taking it, just crushing yeah. it with your hands or something, right? Yeah,
0: if it's fresh in season, like I said, they would just put it directly on it. Like, take the seeds out, take the skin off, the flesh, just go. Like, don't, you're minimizing, basically, the water content. You're just going to heat it, let the evaporation happen, let it cook out, but, like, just go with it. If it's canned, they're picked in season, they go into the dish, you're hand crushing it, maybe you mill it to take the seeds out, I don't know. But you're putting it right in to, like, Olive oil, there might be garlic. And then you're just cooking it. Like you're not doing a lot. Like it's really like basic boom here. Um, Tomatoes in season, essentially what you're saying is they're so good. That's what you want. You
1: don't want to do much with it. Exactly. Because if not, you're almost doing a disservice to the ingredient itself. And kind of like the people who grew it because they're like, well, if you added all the stuff to it, you didn't have to buy the tomatoes that I had. I mean, maybe it's like, five percent better using our tomatoes um in your cooked application versus stuff in like a can but if you had it raw versus anything else you find in grocery stores off season yeah it's ours is like a thousand times better
0: yeah and i think i i can't remember I i think it was in marcella's book there was a whole idea that the time it takes to take a fresh ripe tomato and make a sauce for the pasta is not anything longer than it takes to like heat up the a pasta jar sauce. Oh, oh. Okay. Right? Like it, it's not like it's it, it takes the same amount of time as the pasta itself, but like you're it's not like it's a, a lack of time. So if you have them, use them. It's it's the lack of the season being so broad where like when you're in season, use them and when they're not in season, use the stuff that you put into the jars okay. so that you capture that flavor. And it's really going back to like what you just said of like You want that peak flavor. That's what you want. That being said, um, do you think most people outside of Italy, outside of like, uh, you know, growing up in an Italian-American household, kind of like know what to do with tomatoes beyond maybe slicing them and putting them into a salad? Uh, I'm going to say absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) Only because we did it ourselves.
1: And after doing it, Ourselves, I'm like, I don't know if I want to do this again. Yeah, you know, it's it is a lot of work, and I mean, this goes almost back to what I was about to ask you, what which was, do you peel your tomatoes before you cook them? Because if you don't, you get that skin in them, and not everyone likes that texture. Yeah. Um, but if you don't, there's two ways to get rid of that skin, which is to blanch and peel them off, um, or it's to use like just to boil it and use a food mill in general. And that food mill should technically not have that skin go through it. But that's a lot of extra steps. I think the general public is like, dude, tomato sauce is fine in a can. Yeah. You know, like, why not? In fact, I'm sure there are a lot of Italian families that are like, tomato sauce is great in a can.
0: If anything, I think it's because, again, I think it's just the accessibility. Maybe we're biased in California where we are that we have access during the summer to like great, you know, tomatoes, there are other parts of the country that may not have that access. And so if you grew up there, you may have like the least desirable tomatoes all year long, but the best tasting sauce also available all year long. So I can see how you, you, right, you may, you may grow up with that, but weigh your options, pick the best one. Exactly. Um, but I guess like dishes wise, aside from going into salad and aside from like, every sandwich that includes a tomato really being a variant of the blt which arguably
1: is i that's a good argument i guess or because it's be good it's
0: it's such a prominent flavor in the blt that you realize like everything else is just like uh, put a tomato in here like and i think that's why some people don't like tomatoes is because when you put it into a burger they're like this doesn't taste like a burger this tastes like tomato and burger and they don't like tomatoes and so like it just becomes
1: I know a lot of people that don't like tomatoes in
0: the burgers a lot of people I only recently met someone who doesn't like tomatoes at all yeah I mean I think now he does I'm not gonna name drop him but if he's listening we talked about this Uh, I was just shocked and I think it was because he had a bad experience at some point where after that point it just scarred him but what are like the main dishes that you think of with tomatoes where you're gonna like have it Aside from like it's, the sandwich itself, it's the main
1: character. Yeah, I mean, I know you just said aside from the sandwich. <laughs> I don't care. I'm going to say this anyways. <laughs> I don't. You can't tell me what to do, Brian. Like <laughs> I'm going to answer this the way I want to. Um, because you knocked all BLT and all sandwiches are variants of BLTs if they have tomatoes in them. But what if you just have a tomato sandwich? No L, no, oh. no B. It's just a tea sandwich right tomato sandwich and that's like a thing apparently that's a thing i could see that um wait have you have you not had you not have tomato sandwiches with us last year
0: no hot damn okay i I was with you when you bought all of them but like uh, (laughs) oh that's right i was i was something to go to no i was recovering from from covid uh and like my body was like did not have the energy to sustain anything beyond like the, the hour it took where we found like amazing parking to go to the farmer's market
1: that's tough because man well no we, i heard i heard we i made know. those tomato sandwiches and all you need is good bread a little bit of butter uh when you toast your bread sacrilege but no god um or mayonnaise because I, I i'm a i'm a mayo fanatic mayo and tomato i it, gosh it, it goes goes really well it's like perfect combination yeah. to me and then Tomatoes with a little
0: bit of salt on it. That's it. Any pepper? Nothing. I don't need it. No herbs. No. Sarah Moulton, I know, used to tell people if you are unfamiliar with like flavors of herbs, just to slice tomato and then eat it, and then eat it with a little bit of the herb, because it like it enhances. It it works so well together, where like you get a really strong, clear in your head idea of like what the herb tastes like. Obviously, you're gonna be happy if you like tomatoes, because now you're just being like over overloaded, but. As a center part of a dish, yes a BLT, even without the B or the L is delicious it's 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 really good but yeah that's
1: one of the main ones because I feel like it's the best way to highlight and the tomato you're literally just eating that and like some bread essentially yeah and it's so good and everyone goes you're eating a tomato sandwich like what anything else you need I'm like no it's it's meaty onto itself exactly. Um, But yeah, that's, that's the big one.
0: Um, I think pasta sauces are like, that's yours. I would say it's very central in a lot of pasta sauces because I think as like an American who did not grow up in Italy or with a large amount of like Italian friends around me, the idea of like getting pasta generally fell into a tomato based sauce on that pasta didn't have the cream sauces when you grew up it wasn't just there were alfredo there was but that was like one or you had like clams where there wasn't like a tomato in it but they could add tomato to it sometimes in the dish or you had some thing where there was like layers and like definitely one of the layers included like a red sauce but red sauce was yeah a standard and you know honestly i mean
1: did, did you grow up with what what tomato sauce did you grow up with
0: I know what your question you're asking. You're asking what jarred tomatoes are. Yes, exactly. We didn't. What? Yeah. <laughs> no. Wait, what? This is... Okay, so my parents would just make spaghetti and then cook beef. And then it was like the tomato paste and like the packet of like spaghetti seasoning.
1: this spaghetti seasoning packets? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: There was never the jar... Like Prego or Ragu or Rayos. Oh my
1: gosh. I t well real I feel like Rayos
0: is kind of new, but yeah, like But you know that idea was like like did not exist. It wasn't until like recently I started buying like tomato sauces and be like, wait, you can just buy this? We can just start from this. Man, we grew it, up And so it has such a better texture than like whatever was being cooked so I don't like, and you're an
1: adult with money so you could actually yeah. buy like good stuff and you don't have how many kids to have to be like exactly well, I gotta share this with you like this is me so I'm gonna exactly. buy like, the most expensive one possible but
0: I think growing up we used to go to a place it doesn't exist two guys from Italy
1: that's the name of the place that was the name of the place oh that's cool
0: uh, two guys from Italy we would go there the pizza had like a red sauce a really really light red sauce that was delicious and many of the pasta dishes you know it'd be like if it's a red sauce or it's like a white wine sauce maybe we'd get like the carbon we're getting the pasta discussion that that episode's coming but i think for me like definitely a really simple pasta sauce Mm -hmm. it's a tomato based pasta sauce and it's like oh i can eat it with i know the italians out there are going to hate this with almost any of the pasta shapes out there
1: yeah they will hate you for sure yeah i'll take that point but it's it's so because you know you asked what what water what's a dish what's a tomato dish where it's kind of like um, the main ingredient, you know, when you're making it at home. And I, I feel like there aren't very many because I have commonly seen tomatoes for most of my life as an addition to something else. It's like either a topping, a side ingredient, or something that gets lost in everything else. Mm-hmm. It's never like the main, the main
0: focus. Oh, tomato soup. Other than tomato soup. That's a good one. <laughs> tomato soup. Uh, you know, 37 years, I should have remembered this earlier. Tomato soup for me was that classic, we're going to have grilled cheese or we're going to have a cheese sandwich. And it has to be with tomato soup.
1: So the the perfect
0: pairing together. Yes. You never had them separate. Oh, I did have them separate, but they were never as good. It's like Siegfried without Roy. It's just weird. It's good, but it's weird. Okay. fair It's enough. better together. Fair enough. Fair enough.
1: Yeah, I I can't I can't think of it. I mean, when I grew up, if tomatoes were always a part of, or many times a part of my mom's
0: like different stews. Oh, um, like American stew or like Chinese stew or like Chinese beef stew. Oh, oh, would did she make chow mein?
1: No, okay. I we weren't a noodle family. Oh, we were wow. a rice family. Everything went on rice, but I remember large pieces of tomatoes still being in it as well. Oh, okay, okay, um, you know. It was part of, um, like, chicken braises. It was part of other stuff like that, but it was never necessarily the star. I
0: could see that. Do you have more? Um, I mean, dishes where I know it's central versus dishes I grew up with. Like, I know it's very central in... No, I think of the, I was going to say, like, everything else was, like, just basically a derivative of, like, a pasta sauce where, like, I think a lot of people it. Or you had it as, like, just fresh, like, literally just off the vine. Like, you knew someone who grew it in their garden. And, like, during the summer, you went out for a snack.
1: Dang, that's <clears throat> that's special. Like, not a lot of... I don't feel like a lot of people will have that experience. But
0: everyone I know who grows tomatoes, they don't grow a tomato plant. They grow, like, 10-plus tomato plants. Not, not worth it if you don't. Right. And then... You know whether it's determinate or non-determinate, you don't know what you're gonna, how many you're gonna get, and then all of a sudden you, you go from having none to having a lot, and then you're like, okay, we have tomatoes, and then all of a sudden they're like, do you want any tomatoes? And I just remember, you know, we would get the occasional bag of like tomatoes, from friends, from friends or or somebody, and then you're just like, oh, what do we do with this? And we're like, we're just eating this, just eat them. We just end up eating them, and I think that's where it just developed of like, oh, it's part of that that summer snack like cherries and peaches and everything else and watermelon and are snacking on these. Were those some of your your best memories of, of you and tomatoes? Uh, it's hard to say if those were my best memories of tomatoes but there was definitely a lot of memories of tomatoes of just eating them as like a snack like right off the vine. They have a very distinct like texture that you can feel of like firmness when you like pull it off the vine and then you get to eat it and they're like still warm because they were in the sun versus they they cooled down i think i
1: was um so i was i was dating this girl a couple years back and uh she was a pescatarian but she loved you know like fresh fruit and vegetables and i remember i went to see her one day and it was for dinner and i was like oh are you hungry and she's like oh yeah i I mean, I guess I am. And I'm like, oh, what are you eating today? And she was like, well, I got these really good tomatoes, these cherry tomatoes at the farmer's market yesterday. And to be honest with you, I just been eating that as a snack the whole entire day. Nothing Mm. else. She just, just eating cherry tomatoes the whole entire day. And I was like, wow, you must really love it. And it was during like the August season too. Oh, I can see that. Yeah. um, Perfect little gems, um, you know, that gushes fresh tomato juice when you bite into them.
0: But I think like, most visceral memories of tomatoes are are that kind where it's like perfect and in season unless you have a different first memory of tomatoes tomatoes i do actually you do oh what is it
1: because i don't i didn't tomatoes to me because i guess i didn't think of tomatoes and tomato sauce like oh what is this it's tomato sauce I, i wasn't i didn't make the connection like Tomatoes went into do this. I was like, this is its own tomatoes entity. Tomatoes do of to- this to me. It's its own entity of tomato sauce, right? So to me, tomatoes by themselves were the things that went in salad, which I didn't like as a kid.
0: Oh, you didn't like tomatoes in a salad.
1: No, I mean, I do. Or you, didn't I lo- like, or I you mean them. you didn't like salads. I didn't like salads. Oh, okay, okay. I was like, oh, like, cool. Could I just have other stuff instead? Like, I'd rather have the bread than the salad that we had with it, right? And um, I'd always, every time I went to my grandma's house, every single time I went to my grandma's house, there would be this, salad that she would make and it's like the simple iceberg lettuce, red onions, like cut tomatoes and like italian dressing and like w- maybe some like cheap croutons or whatever it was. And the tomatoes were always kind of like watery. Mm. No, they were like not the best tomatoes, you know. And I remember a lot of times she would make the tomato salad or the salad beforehand slightly and so she would take it out of the fridge and when i'd be eating it tomatoes were like ice cold. Yeah. And i'm like, oh, not the best for me memories of I tomatoes as a yeah. kid as a tomato, but for tomato sauce um i have good memories cuz who doesn't love sp- like to you know red
0: what was your tomato spaghetti sauce, sauce right?
1: Up. You know like spaghetti, red sauce on spaghetti um as a kid, right? Like with a bunch of parmesan cheese and you know i was Green always can. Good. Uh, the green, no, it was it was homemade actually. My mom, the the parmesan, was it like the, the oh green can? no, it's mm. gross. <laughs> It'd be like the st- oh, your mom made sauce from scratch. Oh, it's nice because I'm like hella American. We both had
0: sauces made from scratch, but well, not the I, same sauce. I could sauce. tell you sure it's
1: way yeah, different. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it's the meat sauce. It was a beef meat sauce, the ground beef, and um, you know, fresh onions, fresh garlic, and she would always put it in a carrot to go along with it because it would dissolve and add sweetness to the sauce. But that tomato sauce, uh, which she would make probably, I'm going to say two quarts at a time. So a fair amount of tomato sauce for her family. We'd always have leftovers, but I remember I could, when she was making it, and I was there when she was making it in the kitchen. You got samples? I got samples. And she would put it, either she would put it or I would put it inside a cup when she wasn't looking. and I, I didn't just drink it. Or I just use it with oh, a, like wow. I just have it by itself and those are like really good memories and you know to this day and we'll go over it when the favorites part uh or I'll I'll mention it in the favorites part is that that is one of my favorite things still is I love it when my mom makes you know fresh spaghetti
0: um like in her red sauce so when you have tomatoes or I guess tomato sauce what is it that you're kind of keen in because I know there's a lot of people who don't like it but like for those people who don't like it, what is maybe the thing, the experience they're missing out on by having like a good version of it? What would you say is your your top thing for like a tomato or tomato sauce?
1: Freshness. Like this crisp freshness and sweetness. Um, And honestly, if I'm eating it and I, I mean, you add some salt to tomato. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It is like... Oh my gosh, um, there's just something so special about it. Um, yeah, I, I think the acidity is also balanced for some of them as well with some of the sweetness too. I think all that together makes something really special. That's what I that's how I enjoy and that's that's kind of how I, I appreciate it. How about you?
0: Yeah, I th- I think for me it's definitely it's it's refreshing and it's watery. Um, And it can't be too watery. Like, there has to be, like, that really fine line of it, like, it's juicy. Like, how, like, a really ripe peach is juicy, but it's it's more savory than it is, than, like, how a peach is sweet. And it's got that refreshing, really kind of clean kind of flavor that kind of makes you want to have, like, more. For me, like, a fresh tomato is full of that. The sauce... The sauce, you do get that, but you get less of the freshness and more just like impact of flavor because obviously the water has been cooked out and other stuff isn't added. But there definitely that savory kind of level is like super present. And like it combining with like a pasta starch really has that like perfect kind of mouthfeel. Um, but like when you get it, let's say, okay, so obviously you're buying fresh tomatoes in a farmer's market. Yep. Or from a farmer, or from a friend. Yeah. But um oh, I'm growing them outside of the summer how are you getting tomatoes when you want tomatoes are you are you traveling for it or are you just be like I can just go to the store and go get like x y and z uh
1: yeah I'm just going to the grocery store you know um I feel like a lot of especially uh the grape or cherry tomatoes they are... I think a lot of them are grown hydroponically now and they're grown anywhere and everywhere and so they're always like pretty good like I I can I feel like you could get year-round pretty good grape tomatoes or cherry tomatoes I feel like Roma tomatoes almost always kind of suck like they're always they're always like uh, it's kind of hard. There's a little bit of yellow at the end of these. They, they don't look that great, right? Um, But yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to get them at any regular grocery store. And it's for a purpose. And it's usually either, like I said, tomatoes that are the small ones for salads.
0: Or they're, I'm going to cook them in, in something that needed it. But So you always buy, you always aim to buy like fresh tomatoes when you can for the, uh, a lot of the dishes that you're envisioning because they're whole in that dish
1: right like okay. i i almost save up my so like my my desire to eat tomatoes until it's tomato season then i'll eat a butt ton of tomatoes
0: and then once the season's over i'm like no well, yeah same I just, I, I just won't eat i just won't buy them much yeah anymore. I, I don't buy fresh tomatoes outside of really tomato season and then outside of tomato season the only time i'll buy tomato would be like Jarred or canned tomatoes like the San Marzano we talked about right and that is expressly going into sauce It's never going to be eaten fresh. So It's it's super seasonal what um, I guess what are your top three tomato Dishes
1: I think we went over two of them already uh the you know the tomato sandwich and my mom's red sauce so I'm going to give you one plus another half of one just because I'm <coughs> like, you know, just why not? Um, we didn't talk about salsa. I feel like we we almost didn't talk about salsa at all. And although salsas have a ride, wide variety of bases where it could be tomatillos, it could be actually chili-based. Uh, but there is a salsa that I really like from the Bay Area and the brand is um, Casa Sanchez. They do also really good tortilla chips, but I love their, uh, medium spicy salsa. And I've had a lot of different salsas and I feel like most grocery store salsas kind of suck. I'm not going to lie. Like most of them, they're either like selling pico, (laughs) the gallo and almost no flavor, or they're selling something and it's like high in oregano. Like all I taste is oregano or all I taste is like fake garlic and Casa Sanchez just does it really, really well. Um, I can eat that stuff on anything. The other one that I'd put down is one of my favorites. That I, it's essentially a variant of the tomato sandwich. It's um, um, I don't know what's what is it in Italian? Where it's just or Spanish? It, you literally just take tomatoes and you rub it onto uh bread. It's like oh pan pan con tomate. Okay. Right bread with tomato, bread with tomato. And I like adding a bit of like brushed on garlic first, raw garlic that I, that you I like scrub onto it. Yeah. But my gosh, during tomato season with really good bread and then a really good tomato and you cut the tomato just at the tip so that you have exposed flesh and then you just rub that all over. Mm-hmm, oh mm-hmm. my gosh. A hot, Oh, I can't. Mm, so good. You
0: know, <laughs> so good. It is. It is. It is really delicious. It, it elevates, I think, like, okay bread to really, really good bread. Yeah. And really good bread to, like... This dish. It's exceptional, like a dish, right? Yeah, yeah I yeah. know. What about you? I'm going to say... Definitely one of my top dishes is, like, any variant of the BLT. Um, I, growing up, we used to go to Togo's. Oh, yes. And we would get, like, the Italian, which is, like, just cold-cut. cold cuts. And I'd always ask for, like, extra, extra tomatoes. What? Because I really like the tomato and that contrast because they had, like, the oil and vinegar. And it's the bread. It's not a mayo base. And just, like, that kind of clarion, like, distinction of, like, a cold cut and a tomato in the mouth where you're not, like, just being bombarded with, like, saturated nitrates. It's, like, so not American. Because, like, I feel like everyone else would be like, can I get more meat, please? Or can I get more cheese? And you're like... Can I get more tomato? Yeah, I I I'm but it's to me I I feel it's the same composition as a BLT where it's like you have a large amount of tomato, you have like like we talked about lettuce there for like the crunch and the insulation to prevent the liquid transfer and then you have a salty meat. Um so I'll say that the the sixteen from Degos. um I really really like them fresh. I'll, I also really like them when they've been like roasted under like a broiler oh so they kind of like cook down but they haven't cooked to sauce like they're still in their skin but the skin's gotten like raisiny like like that so not like sun-dried tomatoes no no like a like like days before like it started to look like it's wilted oh. you know and they're cooked but they're they've they they kind of lost a little bit of that rawness to it and like the firmness is gone but it's definitely got that that cooks sweet tomato. Do you, I, I also, really, do you eat it hot? Yes, yes. Okay. And, like, that one, it was kind of, like, would be similar where you just put it on top of bread and just kind of, like, the bread is a vehicle to move it to your mouth, and then you eat the bread. Oh, it's, so it's not part of another dish. It's really just Oh, no, no, yeah, like yeah, it. just that. Um, and then I, I would really want to say, like, a pasta sauce. Like, I really like a ragu bolognese, but a really simple tomato sauce, to me, trumps that, because it's, again just a vehicle for pasta. And I really love pasta. Um, and I don't have to be like weighed down with eating like all the meat that goes in the bolognese. I do love the bolognese, but just being able to savor that sauce, like just that sauce. And you know, just a Pomodoro then. Yeah. Basically you're just like, just let me eat the sauce. Are you adding garlic to it? Uh, you know, it might have a little bit, not a lot, just a little bit. I, I don't want it. Like tomato already has a lot of acid. Sure. Um, so just a little bit. I will say an honorable mention, since we're adding. No, please. Um, is the gale uh keng ao yok chow The curry tomato beef chow mein. Not just the tomato beef chow mein, but they add a little bit of curry powder. Somehow all of that together is just, to me, screams like a level of like comfort food where you're just like, don't talk to me. I'm just going to. I, like there's a lot of alcohol I need to process this and this is going to save me so you're eating this when you're drunk yeah yeah <laughs> or you're trying to recover from that and you're really just like just let me uh kind of consume this I mean I could and, see that and live live my life because I the best you know uh
1: curry beef tomato curry beef chow mein is like it's also saucy too
0: right or is yours not saucy I we're going to talk about this when we get to like pasta. I don't like it super saucy. I like what? it it can be wet, but it can't be saucy. Can it be dry? Mm, no, cuz then usually if if there's curry powder and it's dry, it tends to get more like, like the Singapore style noodles which uh, aren't from Singapore, but yeah, 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 then it loses that kind of like um cohesive stained together noodle bound by a liquidness and it turns into just Dry noodles that fall everywhere. I mean that's fair, but you, basically what you're saying is you want balance. No, what I want oh, is like sauce. a full mouth of like being able to eat this without it like ever falling apart. Like it it's it's bound together by the sauce. I will say that we should go get some yes. tomato beef chow mein seeds because yeah. that sounds yeah. really good. Um That was a good uh honorable mention. Yeah. Um but what do you think? You think the you think tomato is um bougie or basic? I think the way I eat it is bougie. <laughs> honest no honestly you right, rub like, it on bread how's that bougie because what more have you you haven't even cooked it you only heated up bread and you're like i cut this and i i spread it and i don't have a knife i just spread it on the bread I but go on everything's about how you present it right yeah like, okay hey um there's a white there's a perfectly white sweet and s- a light from above yeah. right what did you
1: serve me today um i served you tomato on bread They're like oh cool what did you serve me today uh pan con tomate with a little bit of fresh rubbed garlic on it <laughs> and a little bit of sea salt Like, I mean, yeah, I think it just depends on how you do it. I find heirloom as like just a term heirloom to me sounds bourgeois. I think that
0: has, I I mean, but go on. Sorry.
1: I think that the people who get heirloom are kind of like, uh, they love tomatoes, but maybe they're a little full of themselves. I know I am it sometimes. Mm. So, you know, like Mm. I, I see it as bougie in that context. And the fact that I don't eat tomatoes that much during the year. other Oh, I can see that. You have a very narrow window. It's a very... Right. Like hmm. there's so much importance to it that in itself it becomes bougie based off the fact that like all my focus during that time is for it. Whereas if I had it literally all the time, I don't eat pasta that often. Honestly, I don't have tomato sauce that often. Um, The most common thing I can think I have tomatoes with is pizza. And I still don't eat that that often either. So for me, it's not as basic of an ingredient for me. Interesting. What about you?
0: Man, you know, I think up till you had described that I would have gone and said this was basic because I I, I like it just fresh and like, did I by itself? Did I convince you? (laughs) But the fact that you did say like, it's really you're only eating them in that very narrow window. That's a very like, I don't want to say privileged, but in some sense, it's very privileged to be like, I only eat tomatoes in August. And in that sense, I'm going to have to say it's tomatoes are bougie. Oh, my gosh. Know, I'm going to take this as a know, win. This is a I hard know. win. But I think everyone listening should just understand August only has so many days and a fixed number of farmers markets. So get those tomatoes.
1: Well, luckily, like they, they'll they come out in July and, you know, they'll, they'll continue up to like September. But yeah, August really is that like yeah. prime month. So. As long as
0: there's no like weird tomato blight going on or some... Horrible, horrible weather. Uh, yeah, you will get that opportunity to have your BLT or, or what was it called, Ryan? Tea. <laughs> oh, sorry. Pan con
1: tomate. Yes. <laughs> <Tea>. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, like a BLT without the B and
0: the L is just a T. Just a T sandwich, please. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Let's go get that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but thank you, everyone, for listening. This was Hungry and Ready to Eat, our tomato episode. Give us a like and follow we are on social media at hungry and ready to eat you can reach out to us at hungry and ready at gmail uh, send us any comments or questions we'd love to hear from you
1: yeah i'd love to know like what is your favorite tomato dish
0: yeah yeah or if we miss something because obviously we may have and there is always the chance we'll need more episode content filler of a second tomato episode um but thank you again everyone for listening ryan what do you think we should go eat sick fun fun.
1: yeah yeah